Hello, this is Jason Hall, the co-founder of Slow Roll and Ride Detroit, embracing the bicycle as a mode of transportation to get around busy cities. And I'm Aniela Kuzan, co-founder and global lead of City Innovations, a team within Ford working with cities to place residents at the center of mobility innovation and design. City Talks is a new series from Ford where we discuss transportation challenges facing cities today and the innovative solutions individuals and cities are coming up with that's changing the way we move. This episode, we'll be talking to Pat and Chitra, who live in Miami, one of the most congested cities in the U.S., about the day he picked up the wrong kid from school and how that spurred him to create an app that has seen over 400,000 downloads since going live. We're going to give Pat and Chitra a call to learn more about that day and what he did to stop that from happening again. Hi, Pat and Chitra. Thanks for finding the time to talk to us today. Sure. Thanks for calling us. Hi, Jason. Now, Pat. You have to paint the picture for me. Tell me what it felt like to pick up the wrong child. <laughs> so, uh, long story short, uh, about four years ago, I had just sold my previous business. I was sitting at home figuring out what I want to do next. I was Netflixing the whole day long. And my, <laughs> wife was like, my wife was like, least you can do is go pick up your child from school. And I was like, how hard can this be, right? I put Netflix on pause, jump in my car, go to my school, and there was this long line of 100 cars waiting to pick up their kids. It was extremely frustrating. I was like a million other parents. I didn't know, I, you know, I didn't know what to do. So I was, got in line, waited for half an hour, and I was right in the head of the line. I was you know, not paying attention. I was on the phone. The teacher opens the car door, puts a kid in my car, and waves me away. As I was pulling out, I turned around. I'm looking at this kid sitting in the back of my car. And that is when it hit me, like, the system is broken, right? Um, and, and to make things worse, the, the, the kid in the back of my car was not even worried. He was like, the, my, my dad sent you, right? Let's go. I said, no, go find my daughter. So that's how it started. And then, you know, it started as a small project just to help my daughter's school. Really bloomed into something much larger, used in hundreds of schools today across the country. And, and Chitra, I have to ask, when, when Pat came home and he, he told you this story, what was your reaction? I first thing was like, oh my God, something that really makes me now to put to work. Um, so when he came back, when he spoke about it, I felt really embarrassing that, oh my God, I do this every day, but I never thought that there could be something that we as parents could do and solution the problem rather than sitting and thinking that this is how the real world is and nobody else can change it. So it was an awakening moment to have your own husband ask you that question and challenge you. I do, though I felt that I don't want to give him the credit for uh, he owns the idea, but we worked with the idea and we went, we went forward with that. So actually, it didn't start the way we wanted it to, you know, we, we didn't think of it like a big business or anything. We just thought of a small project to help our daughter's school get a grip on the entire dismissal process. Um, I, I did not have any technical background. I did not have any uh, coding ability. But my wife, on the other hand, she had uh, tremendous experience working with multinationals, really, you know, figuring out the technology behind it. So I literally had to go back home and like, you know, uh, for once, show my vulnerability and said, hey, I don't know something and I want your help in that uh, just to figure out how we can put a system in place to make our schools more efficient. Uh, but this, it just grew from there. You know, one school went to 10 schools and uh, and then before we knew it, uh, we started getting 
inputs from other schools in the area that they wanted the same solution. And we had to literally scale, raise funds, and you know, that's history. Wow, that's, that's a great story. Um, I'm really curious, you know, not being a parent myself, can you just explain, like, how does school pickup drop-off work? Absolutely. And, and, and to think about it, you know, when you think about it now, it looks almost a no-brainer that we need to have a system. But today, practically, what happens in 99.9% of the schools, the only tools which they use to manage the whole process are walkie-talkies, clipboards, sticky notes, loud hailers, and 20 teachers or 50 teachers thrown at the problem. And everybody is left to their own devices. Uh, they line up children outside in the corridors. Anybody with a car can drive through. And it's absolute pandemonium, right? And, and the teachers, uh, they're not traffic policemen. They're not uh, people managers. They just pulled out of the classroom at 2.30 when the bell rings and they're put on the streets with walkie-talkies to do their magic. And it somehow works. But things slip through the cracks today every single day in schools. There are about, just to give you the numbers, there are about 40 million children being put in cars right in the middle of a work day. And about 40 million parents are also coordinating this pickup and drop off. Uh, and, that, yes, and that creates chaos in cities. And on a macro scale, there's so much uh, lost productivity, which can be mitigated by a smart solution. Have you had any feedback from uh, other parents on how this has worked for them? You know, uh, I can see I, I am a parent. And when we drop our child off, the pandemonium that exists is often created by sort of this. Uh, I want my child to be first sort of feel and, and my child should be uh, able to get to the door. So have you had a lot of feedback from parents saying, you know, thank you helping me with the situation? Sure. Uh, and I, I would say, you know, the proof is in the pudding, uh, so to speak. So every school which comes on board Pick My Kid, we have over 85 to 90 percent parent adoption on our platform, which means they download our app and engage with it on a daily basis. And you may ask why. Uh, we primarily put parents and teachers first. By doing so, what we actually provide to parents is that we're able to tell the parent what is the best time to leave their house. We also proactively suggest carpooling options to them. We also tell them what is the approximate wait time, not only wait time, but what is their actual sequence in the call line as they're approaching the school. And from a school's perspective, they're able to see a linear sequence of every car entering within a geofence around the school, and they're able to you know, line up their children accordingly. So it's so efficient, so safe, and also there's something in it for everyone in the, in the, in, in the system. Chitra, I'm really curious. You know, it sounds like you're uh, maybe the brains uh, behind the, the operation, or at least the, the technical operation. One of the things that we found really exciting in our work is that when you really do put residents at the center of mobility, innovation, and design, um, small things can really make a big difference in, in terms of people's experience and their quality of life. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about how you thought about this, you know, not just as a parent, but from your experience working with multinationals and really came up with how the technology might work and maybe share a little bit about how it does work. So when we talk about design thinking, it's very natural when you have your idea, you try to think that you know all about it and just go with the framework. Um, so the most important that came out of my experience was 
three things what we wanted to keep on priority. One is putting customer-centric design, which means I'm not the only parent who's had the problem. So find out more parents who had the problem, understand how they would like to solve it when you have an idea. Two is most of the parents, though they have uh, enough technology in their hands, they do not want an additional technology or a tool, right? Mm -hmm. So, and the same thing with the school. So the second part was like, we had to be hardware agnostic, which means we are not adding any new hardware to the school or to the parents so that it is easy for them to implement. Third thing was easy to train because mm -hmm. this is huge number of parents whom we are not going to be directly able to talk to or even for the schools, we wanted to offload it for them, saying that teachers, you have to just learn your part of the training and parents would be able to self-learn from the app. So those were the three things we put in priority when we were starting to design. And a lot of schools and parents were willing to be part of this whole design thinking when we started off. Um, they gave their ideas, they were part of the beta phase, helping us test it out. And they were, in fact, able to give us more valuable ideas in making it more user friendly when it comes to parents. Um, so it was an interesting journey. Um, the most important thing, what we thought was, though the idea is ours, we need the customers to give us more feedback and then enhance the product rather than going with all in. So first primary product, the MVP, what we launched probably was just the framework where we said that focus on car line, right? And as the parents started working with us and gave us more ideas, like, can we add this feature? Can we add the estimated time arrival? Can we add a uh, view into what is my line in the queue? So that next time when I come in, I know that if I come at 250, I'm going to be the 50th person in the car line. So can I come a little later? So I'm not clogging the roads. So these are ideas that those parents gave us and which we used as an additional components to our product and start enhancing this features. That's super interesting. I, I think what was also really interesting to me, so we we met during the City One Challenge in Miami, which we ran, um, our team ran in 2018. And one of the things that we've really thought about is this idea of if you zoom into the individual one person, one problem at a time, you can really unpack larger systemic issues uh, and find solutions that not only do create those those short-term benefits to residents, but can potentially be transformational for the city. Um, and I, I know that I was really surprised. I don't remember if it was you who shared it or if it was, um, you know, one of the, the city officials that we were working with through the program that school pickup drop-off actually accounts for more than 5% of congestion in Miami-Dade. And if you've been to Miami, uh, and I guess any city, really, uh, you can really feel the difference when you're moving around between uh, those, you know, rush hour school pickup drop up, drop off hours um, when school is in session and when it's not. And my my understanding is that you also started to look at that aspect of it as well, where those cues and those lines um, not only can make the parent experience better, but also start to. Uh, address congestion at the city level. Have you have you seen success in that? Okay. So um, yeah, absolutely. In a sense that uh, as we started solving for schools, uh, what we realized is the moment the school traffic or the call line actually spills outside the school front gate, uh, it becomes a choke point for the rest of the community. And this is uh, usually a flashpoint for uh, local communities, really up in arms, people parking on the you know sidewalks and 
And uh, really, it, it messes up the whole traffic. It blocks people in their houses and communities. And uh, law enforcement invariably called to manage that traffic. And, and you know, that's we, we're going after mundane problems which happen every day using all the might of law enforcement and the city resources. A simple technology which is costing five to $6,000 a year can really eliminate these problems. And let me give you one example uh, because of which DOT really sat up and took notice. Uh, one school had uh, 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 here locally had a lot of problems and there was traffic choked out of the gates every single day. The community was up in the arms. So the county government's problem uh, was focused around solving this issue. They, they instituted a traffic study, which went on for about two months. End of it, the recommendation was uh, they need to add, spend about $800,000 to put an additional turn lane in order to solve the traffic. In the meantime, the school reached out to us, bought our product for, for, for $5,000 at that point, and implemented it, and the whole problem just vanished. There was no backlog in traffic. There was no uh, piled up uh, cars during dismissal. And the city came back and asked the school, hey, we are ready to implement this project. What happened? We don't see the problem. And they said, oh, we bought Pick My Kid and it's solved. Uh, and that's when DOT really sat up and took notice and did a few case studies. And they realized the impact analysis of our product when we started, you know. Uh, so, so that's where we realized that we're solving a bigger problem than just schools. And my, I, I'm questioning, how do you address digital divide? And what I mean by that is, you know, everybody doesn't have a cell phone uh, or an, a, a way to access the app. Has there been any uh, difficulty in that? Yeah, um, and, and I'm glad you brought that up. And that, this is usually a perceived uh, uh, um, question, which I, we get all the time from every school district. But that's a battle which has actually been won already. Uh, just to put it in perspective, Pew Research, the latest one, says that uh, about 87% of the demog uh, 87% of the people in that category have smartphones already. And to push things further, uh, if you further uh, divide the demographic into parents having children, that percentage goes up to 97% of them already have smartphones. So all we are doing is using the existing technology to leverage uh, benefits to the community. I'm really curious um, in those benefits to the community about safety. One of the things we've talked about as a team is the fact that over the last few decades, there's this, been this huge shift in the way kids do get to school, a decline in kids walking, um, a shift away from neighborhood schools, and that not only busing but the use of public transit and um, driving kids to school has, has really increased. Um, that obviously has a huge impact on the way communities organize and how kids see themselves within their community and within their school. In all of the, the research you've done with your, your customers and your parents, have you seen that, that this technology represents another shift? Uh, and if so, kind of what does, what does that mean? So uh, I'm glad you asked the question because we really focus on efficacy analysis. We, uh, from the get-go, we partner with academia and research institutions to really analyze the impact of what we're doing in a micro, uh, you know, uh, from a per-school basis. And the results are pretty phenomenal. Uh, there were schools which have actually gone on record and researchers indicated that parents 
are now more likely to let their kids walk home from school in the local neighborhoods because now they know through Pick My Kid, the moment they step out of the school, they get a real-time alert on their phone. So they are more likely to let them walk home rather than jump on the car and go pick them up. That is one. The second also, uh, the research has shown that uh, Pick My Kid actually reduces over 20,000 pounds of carbon footprint per school per year by streamlining the uh, lines as well as encouraging carpooling and also eliminating certain cars from going to pick them up because they are in the local neighborhood and the kids can walk home. So these are really powerful, impactful ways in which we have uh, impacted the community at large itself. So parents are more likely to let their child walk home from school if Absolutely. the school is utilizing this this technology. Do the, do the kids in that instance also have the app on their phone? No, and that was one of our key differentiator when we started. We said there has to be no hardware dependencies on the children, primarily because the moment you create that, you're creating a divide between the haves and the have-nots in a public school system. So the kids per se do not have RFID or phones or anything, but the teachers are swiping them off an iPad or a device in the school the moment they step outside the campus, thus creating kind of a 360-degree accountability of where the child is exactly. Are they in school? Are they in after-school program? Did they get on a bus? Or actually they are walking home? So these are accounted for by the teachers in the schools. That's really interesting. And also brings up another question that I had, which was around actually um, after-school programs, which we know are so important to um, development and healthy social activities. Do you see many of your parents using it to coordinate that kind of trip? I know that that can also be, you know, somewhere where maybe it's not a digital divide, but, you know, it can be a real important equity issue in terms of having access to transportation to those after-school sports or even, you know, educational tutoring programs, uh, community events. Very true. So, um Based on what we have seen our schools, I mean, this is again an eye opener for us as we were working with the schools to um, schools to see what they are using this application for, right? And that that's when we found that a lot of Title One schools, which is called um, schools where there are a lot of enrichment programs and students are expected to join them to improve their um, education awareness and things like that. These schools were using Wikmaker program to do the check-in, check-outs of the after-school programs so that they are able to account to the parents how the students are improving in their academy side or even in the extracurricular activities. So essentially, most of the parents were able to see what type of after-school programs are even available in those schools, which otherwise would be a simple post-it notes that goes to the parent in the beginning of the year. Right During the enrollment, we get to know what are all the after-school programs that the schools have? And then we try to enroll them. And if we miss the deadlines, it's gone already. So with the Pick My Kid app, the parents are able to see what are the after-school programs that are available and assign their students. So which means they got the flexibility to um, make sure the, pay the students are able to enroll anytime they want. Wow. So the, the data that you are amassing must be, I mean, so valuable right now because what we've learned is not only it is is it about picking your child up but now it's about the ability to plan schedules it's about the ability to account for where your child is so through the evolution of this app i mean what's next 
so there are a lot. I mean, the possibilities are endless in a sense that uh, we have. Um, but well, one thing we really want to be sure about is we want to be responsible about the trust placed in us by our parents. Um, you know, the data is really uh, important, but more important is uh, not to lose the trust of parents in us because uh, that is our fundamental key to our success. Uh, we have 85% parent engagement on our platform. So what we are building from there is everything what parents feel and teachers feel needs to be included in the platform to make it a more comprehensive uh, school safety solution. So we've added features like uh, uh, like a panic button, an anonymous tip line, social media analysis. We've also added a carpooling tool for parents to coordinate between themselves. These are live today with schools uh, already on our platform. Um, so though we started as a single uh, problem solving kind of a solution, Today, we are a comprehensive platform on which all these other solutions exist. Uh, and, and we're continuing to develop as and when we feel our stakeholders want additional features to be added to it. And you mentioned, you mentioned trust, uh, which is you know, something we take really seriously you know, here at Ford as well. I don't think we could, uh, we, I don't think we could pass the, the conversation without talking about all of that valuable data and, and how it could be used, not just in terms of the, the parents, but also from the city's perspective. Uh, do you share the data with cities and, and where have you seen them, them using it? Sure. Um, like the case we, I, I previously spoke about, uh, if the city or the government, uh, the county had the data, the micro data on around every school, the heat map traffic patterns around every school, uh, they're more likely to take better, better decisions around optimally using their resources. Uh, the way DOTs look at our data is that for the first time, they're able to influence end-user behavior so as to mitigate peak traffic rather than build capacity around peak traffic. That is critical. And we share data, uh, anonymized data, on an uh, on a, a aggregate level so they can make those informed decisions about where are the choke points, which, are the, uh, which school is creating maximum uh, friction point along major arteries. And we're able to solve that using technology. Mm -hmm. And data is, is pivotal in all these decisions. That's amazing. Um, and so I, I guess I'm, you know, as we, as we wrap up the conversation, you know, I guess what I would just maybe ask as a final question is, what's the most surprising thing that you have experienced, you know, throughout this journey? Uh, you've, you've kind of done a lot from individual experiences around picking up the wrong kid to, you know, building a platform for the school to creating a really valuable new data source for cities that can be used to change the way that people move and, and uh, address issues like climate and congestion. It's pretty impressive. Throughout that journey, what has been the most surprising or impactful thing that you would, you would leave us with? Uh, the surprising thing, you know, what we learned in the journey is, you know, like I said, it started with solving one individual problem. But along the journey, we, 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 saw, we had so many partners join us. Uh, you know, it came from the parental engagement, which we didn't know so many parents cared so passionately about the problem in the first place. And then, you know, our, our association with uh, DOTs, cities, Ford, I mean, we met you about a year ago and you embraced this. Uh, uh, problem, uh, and we you were solving it in, in in a different 
siloed manner. And then when we got together and we talked about it, and you guys have provided us with a platform in which you know more people can hear about it. So what's really surprising for us is actually we're meeting these partners along the way who 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 really you know help and empower us to move forward and you know create a bigger uh, platform for our kids in the schools. When are you coming to Detroit? We're already in Detroit. We are bunch of schools in Detroit. Yes. Jason, you yes, need to, yes, you need yes. to download the app. I will be downloading this app <laughs> and be talking to my child's school immediately. Uh, does, the, does the school um, have to sign up for this? Uh, yes. The school, uh, we need the leadership buy-in into the whole thing. Like, you know, we can give the best of the solution. This is, again, we learn through hard work uh, and working with schools is that you can bring the best of the solution, but if there's no leadership buy-in, it's never going to work. So the primary uh, thing what we look in while signing up any school is do we have leadership commitment? Do they, do they, are they committed to change? Because it is change from what they're normally used to. Uh, but if they stick with us for the first two to three weeks, they really see the benefits. I think that's a, a great a great place to, to conclude. I know I'm very inspired by how solving one problem for for yourself can really not only impact the community, but the city and and be scalable to so many, you know, different geographies. Um, Thank you so much for joining us uh, and sharing not only your journey, but how you've been influencing behavior uh, for people all over the the country. Uh, And really excited to see Jason, download the app <laughs> <laughs> I'm download it right now. and share his experiences here in Detroit. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And thank you so much for um, um, the platform. Wow. Um, you know, it's so wild to me that, you know, this circumstance of something that can be really could have been tragic has really empowered Pat and Chitra to change, this is going to change their lives. I mean, originally they had separate jobs, but now pick my kid is sort of their future. And that's what I take away from this is the ability to take a situation and learn from it and empower yourself to make change. And that's, that's amazing to me. And I think what's really interesting to me as well is how they've made that change in an iterative way. And it wasn't always obvious from the beginning how it would evolve. Uh, what was m- most striking to me this time talking to them as opposed to a year ago is that not only have they created this app where they have you know over 85, 90% of parents using it, but as a result of that, they've actually created new data sets that can mm-hmm. support city planners as they're thinking about traffic flows, around schools and how they can better plan infrastructure design and do capital planning. I'm sure that was never even on the radar of Pat when he, you know, picked up the wrong kid and, you know, was thinking about how he was going to explain that to his wife before he got back to his Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's like, like I said, it's just surreal to think that, you know, two people are going to change the world now. You know, it's not just changing. They started out and they said, how do we change our direct environment that's happening to us? We're having issues picking up our child. And now somebody in Europe, you know, could pick this up and 
it could change, once again, change the world. And that's why I love situations like this. Who would have thought picking up the wrong kid? If I picked up the wrong kid, it would have never ended up with that idea. I would have been trying to figure out how to explain it and uh, not go to jail. But, you know, coming up with an app, that's awesome. That's it for this episode. And thanks for joining us. Don't forget to comment, subscribe, and rate us. Next episode, we'll talk to Spin Scooters to learn about how they started and how they are reshaping the way people move around.